check it out. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Pack Your Mics, where the Top Chef podcast from the creators of Read It and Weep. Each week, we recap the latest episode of Top Chef and add our insight and commentary. Professionalism that only we could accomplish with information only we have. Sometimes we talk about how they're dressed. Um, uh, we have a small panel today. I'm Alex in Portland, joined with Megan. Hello. And uh, the entire outside of Portland is represented today by Tanya in Brooklyn. Professional. <laughs> what is this yeah, information that only we have i was trying to th- well it, this is a it was a thing i was trying to figure out a joke for and then i kind of gave up on i wanted to <laughs> i have this vision this dream always that we're gonna like because we you know we've talked to we've interviewed some of the people from uh from magical elves before and we've talked to some of the former contestants on the show and so i always imagine every time we have a question i'll be like i'll go do some uh, like reporting and then I'll come back and be like this is information only this podcast has and then instead I'm like man Sheldon seems fun right hats you guys like hats so that was more of like what I wish we were doing but we're not mm. it was I don't know it was kind of a weird way to introduce the show <laughs> I think it, I think it worked I just was I mean really all it did was cause anxiety for me about having not done my homework <laughs> I was like oh god I was supposed to bring something to this other than no, my feelings. This is this is really yeah. The show is just a feelings dump. That's what we do, uh, as well as your feedback. So let's jump into uh, season fourteen, episode twelve, from Top Top Chef Charleston, and uh, uh, the first half of the semi. It's the semifinalist, semifinals. It's a man. It is a uh, it is a big one. It's a magical leap forward in time. And in Man. location. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We, we've now moved from Charleston all the way down to Guadalajara, Mexico, um, the city entirely sponsored by Patron. Mm, that seemed well, fun. When I, looked, when I looked it up, uh, it was like a city known for its mariachi bands and its tequila. And then it cut to a party at the castle owned by the tequila brand. And there was a mariachi band playing. And it felt like they had done the Wikipedia page justice. Yeah, I mean, listen, the stereotypes for a reason. I don't even think that counts as stereotypes. I think that's just no, accurate like, stuff about a place. Yeah, mar- uh, major industries. Um, mm-hmm. So, and Patron has been with us since the beginning of the season, right? They've popped up a few times. Yeah, apparently. yeah. Major season sponsor. I totally missed it, but yeah, I that's what like other people is... are saying. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, there's no, there a was... lot of... Go ahead, Tanya. Oh, I was just going to say, I feel like this is this reminds me of like San Pellegrino, like you know yeah. sprinkled throughout because of course yeah they are. pellegrino is in the opening credits so that's like I, I see it every week but i think we've had at least one i know we've had at least one challenge that was patron based where they were like either it was a quick fire or something it was something that was a whole this is the, this is the second tequila challenge of the season yeah and i believe that first time also involved katsuji doing shots out of the straight out of the bottle i imagine that there is like a a like series of different packages that you get with top chef where you're like either you're hidden valley ranch and you're online a lot but not really on the show that much except maybe in like key moments like this episode where you just get like an awkward name drop and then there's you know there's like the patron level where you're like in the finale and one other like place and then you know and then you're putting up the big bucks yeah and then you are like the you know the the face of bubbly water and you sign up for for all the things. I guess I'm a little disappointed that the finale isn't taking place in a hidden valley. 
I know. I, I was going to say that a while ago, and <laughs> the time passed. Well, why uh, won't they fly to Hidden Valley nowhere? <laughs> <laughs> Megan, the, the, my comedy lesson for you today is you can always force it in. People love it when you wait too long and then force in a joke. Yeah. So <laughs> just be more confident when you're saying things that are over. Um, so instead, we're in, uh, instead of Hidden Valley, we're in Guadalajara, which is also home to famous Mexican soccer team Chivas, which uh, means the goat we're about to kill and eat. And so to celebrate their mascot, the goat, they kill and eat some. Don't they ever. What do you guys think about uh, celebrating things by eating them? I think like we if, do a fair if, amount of that in, in life. I, don't I was know, trying to think of other examples. When do we, I guess, I guess it was like, if it's like pork six ways, we might call that uh, celebration. But like if they killed and eat the Philadelphia fanatic, no one is going to feel like, well, we sure celebrated that guy in a suit. Mm, that's true. Yeah. Well, not a lot I don't know. Our... I mean, you go to like, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. You go to like pickle fest and uh, you're going to eat those pickles, you know? That's true. We're not celebrating the pickles by letting them live. Yeah. And the we president also, doesn't pardon a, a pickle every year. Yeah. And we don't have a lot of teams stateside that have like animals as their mascot or like traditional not, edible yeah, animals. Yeah, not edible animals. Yeah. A lot of animals, yeah. but if like the tigers don't skin and eat a tiger every yeah. year. But like the Indiana cows, like we wouldn't not eat burgers. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it doesn't. And also, well, it's a culinary challenge. Like, it would be weird if they were like, well, here we are, and the like the goat oh. is their mascot. Now we're going to do a clam bake. Like, <laughs> they could cook food for the goat. See, exactly. Listen, <laughs> the problem with that is, having spent some time with goats in my youth, they'll like, eat, just, they'll just eat whatever. Like, uh, that's not like, they're not like a discerning guest. I mean, or at least... You cut to the little cards that they have to fill out after everyone's picking which one they thought was the best, and there's just a goat eating that card. Yes. Yes, there is. There's definitely a goat eating that card. I mean, they were also very accepting of the weird, like, poultices of flowers that I would bring them because I was pretending they were all very sick. But, like, no, goats just don't care. And not that they'll eat tin cans or anything, because that's a stupid stereotype about goats that I will not accept. But yeah, I, they're just have, not discerning. Okay, so why did you have these sick goats growing up? I, they were fine. <laughs> just <laughs> also to be clear, but my uh, my cousins lived on a farm when I was young, and so we would go out and visit them because they weren't that far from. It was like a two hour drive, so I would go and like spend weekends with them, and then in the summer I'd go and stay with them for like a week and just like run around and like harass goats and like pick up chickens. That seems so fun. It was um, yeah, it was good. Yeah. Uh, I would enjoy if we were uh, going to celebrate the trolley dodgers by killing them and eating them. Um, I'm trying to think of other good mascots for this. It's not working for Who me. Who are the trolley dodgers? Well, they're now just the LA dodgers, but they were used, used to be the Brooklyn trolley Whoa, dodgers. Oh, is that way? Because the trolleys would like arc out giant like lightning things and people would like <laughs> try not to die. Is that what that was, it was about? More, it was more like just jumping out of the way of the tracks because it was down the street. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, <laughs> sure. Whatever you say. Yeah. Also, in New York, you could eat. You could eat the Knickerbockers. Just eat a few of them. This has turned really dark. Are those socks? I think Knickerbockers are socks. That one was the less gross one. Uh, Okay. Wait, I really want to talk about. I really want to talk about the the person who has who has returned from Last Chance Kitchen. Oh yeah, I guess we should get into the show. So um, yeah. uh, (laughs) Who else is cooking and eating a goat? Well, 
as we discussed a lot last week, uh, there was that mysterious ponytail, which turned out to be Emily's ponytail and unrelated. So we had no spoiler at all for who was coming back, except for um, the person who was seemed to be a better cook all year. Um, Crazy all the chefs clue. Were, uh, yeah, that's the only clue we had. All the chefs were assembled in the field in Chivas, and they're like, hey, the person coming back from Last Chance Kitchen is... And then up on the Jumbotron... There she is. It's Brooke, who does look like her ponytail was there to spoil it, but it was not her. But anyway, yeah, Brooke is up on the Jumbotron, and then they make her Yay! walk down 400 flights of stairs to get to the field level where she's immediately told to cook a goat. Yes. <laughs> I was into it. I have to say, this is, and I, I was so, I was so pleased, and also just pleased with like her vibe coming back. And just oh, yeah. being like super breezy, which I was really excited about. Like, yeah. And the idea that, like, yeah, I, I died once. Nothing can kill me now. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. She said something like, really, my worst fear, like my worst fear on this, sh- this season happened and I survived it. So I'm feeling invincible or feeling like capable, not invisible, but like, I feel like I can do anything is really, that was a really cool way to look at it because she was so bummed when she got eliminated. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's true that she had never been eliminated. She had just, you know, yeah. lost. She lost on stage on, in Las Vegas, right. I think. Yeah. And so, um, I don't know. And, and that, and all of the other chefs still on the show had had that experience before. And so, yeah, it's kind of... Yeah, it was a big deal. It was a... Uh, it totally makes sense the way that she reacted to that. Where like, yeah, I can. This can happen, and I can, and I'm still okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was really excited that that was her. I liked that that was her hot take, like immediately upon returning, and then that that actually like served her really well throughout mm-hmm. the quick fire, and like mm-hmm. it felt like it wasn't something where like, yeah, that's like the thing I tell myself to feel good right now, and then it just falls apart as soon as she's under pressure. No, no, no. This is like continuing to bolster her through her experience returning to the show. You guys, I think that good luck charm really did oh, work. Maybe the dinosaur helped. Yeah, oh, she served. The, oh, she served blamed the dinosaur when when she lost, so she might as well give she it some credit. Blame the dinosaur? Well, she did the thing where she said, "I'm not going to blame this dinosaur for my loss." No, she said, "I don't think that my good luck charm failed me." She and said it in a way that was blaming the dinosaur. Too. Well, she no, this is not. just a good. The dinosaur <laughs> works in mysterious ways. Yeah, you know. Yeah, turns out the dinosaur knew is. that her confidence was flagging and wanted to give her a shot in the arm that yeah. just was more circuitous than anyone could ever know because the wisdom of this tiny dinosaur is infinite. well so brooke is back everyone is happy to see her back um there is kind of a strong feeling it feels like out in the top chef fandom that uh this season is brooks and has been all along and it's hers to lose at this point Hmm. um Hmm. which may have been reinforced by the fact that she won the goat challenge her and sheldon both had great goat john and shirley had not as good goat and then uh i guess uh brooke got the goat it's funny because I, for whatever reason, Brooke getting the goat came as a surprise to me only because I I felt like there was that sort of like good save edit for John where he was like, ah, not all the meat is great. Some of it's great. Some of it's not. And so like, I'm going to salvage what I can. And I always think of that as like, ooh, that's the like, they're smart on their feet and like know what they're doing. Right. And like, yeah. you know, they're going to make the best of a bad situation. It's going to be a win. And so I... Pre- predicting stuff reason, based just... on edits today was really hard because we had that yeah, elimination thing where, where Sheldon was like, 
I cooked my octopus really badly. And then it, like minutes later, it's Tom going, perfectly cooked octopus. <laughs> yeah. That also, like Chris and I both were like, Ugh, that octopus looks gnarly. Yeah. Like it just looked really, really rough. Turns and then out octopus was out... a red herring. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> Jumping species. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's still aquatic. Um, anyway, so uh, yeah, Brooke wins for the goat, despite that with her... Uh, um, Oh, uh, ten thousand dollars, right? Yeah, she gets ten thousand yeah, dollars from some, Hidden Valley Ranch. Listen, Man. Hidden Valley Ranch never said they weren't going to give you money because the American <laughs> people have poured a lot of cash into that creamy white crevasse, <laughs> <laughs> and some of it's pouring back out to our friend Brooke. Yes, and also onto some potatoes. <laughs> Man, wouldn't it be terrible if they made the finale one of their super sponsored episodes and it was like you have to cook with Hidden Valley Ranch for the finale? Oh, man. I have so many thoughts on what the finale should and shouldn't be. Oh, good. We can get into that right now. Yeah, yeah. We'll hang on to that. Um, So, Brooke Brooke made goat ribs, too, which uh, um, I had not, I did not know you could do that. I guess there are ribs in most animals. I think that Brooke also didn't realize she could do that. Like, I think she <laughs> yeah. sort of pioneered it as it was happening. And because even Padma was like, I've never had a goat rib. And Brooke yeah. was like, right. So, <laughs> Breezy Brooke can do whatever the fuck she wants. So, we move on from the, uh, from Chew's Field and we go to, we're going to go to the, uh, the, the place of tequila. But first, it's time for, uh, uh, Brooke, who gets a an advantage slash possibly a monkey's paw, and um, in the, in the way that advantages on the show usually are secretly disadvantages, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. but this well, time this, one, this time not so much. Well, this time it was she... like not a, anything really. Yeah, she, well, she's given. So let's t- let's share what she was given. What's yeah. what's her monkey's paw? Her monkey's paw is that she gets to choose the sous chefs among the last four eliminated chefs. And she gets to choose the one for her and the one for each of the other people. But the main thing that she does is put Katsuji with John to sabotage him. And then Katsuji can speak Spanish, knows how to make good cocktails with tequila, and makes the only redeeming thing on John's dish. So the one real sabotage she did ended up almost saving him. But there were some pretty awkward moments. (laughs) Oh, sure. (laughs) Nothing like a little passive-aggressive tension to dampen the entire kitchen. Well, I, I mean, I wonder, like, I get that she was doing that because she's trying to be fun. But on the other hand, that's absolutely what the producers wanted from day one of this season was to have another John Katsuji moment. I don't know. I, you know, I'm not as comfortable assuming that this is producer meddling. I think that when you understand that somebody has a difficult relationship with another chef and you have an opportunity to put them on a team together that will lightly benefit you. But also, like, there's no, you know, there's no, like person who was sent home episode one coming bumbling back not understanding what a cleaver is like you have nothing but talent for sous chefs true and then true. you you know you sort of pair everybody off in a way that like isn't a total asshole move but also isn't you know doesn't spare everyone's feelings and i think that that's that's just malevolent enough that i was comfortable with it i definitely don't think that they forced her to do it i guess i just mean like this is the exactly what they would have done if they were picking as well so mm-hmm. her her pick happens to be the perfect one for the producers who enjoy that kind of drama mm-hmm. i suppose are these uh, do we remember are these the last four people to have left yes okay that's right yeah because yeah. otherwise i was i was surprised by emily being there because i still don't 
fully understand Emily, but but <laughs> well, but also it was totally chill for her to be there, and she did a great job, and then ran away, so it was fine. And yeah, unfortunately, to make the things easier on you, um, she never spoke or was heard from the entire episode. So I asked at one point, I was like, "Wait, has, has Emily been on screen?" And yeah, Chris was like, "Yeah, we, and saw, we like, saw her sure. braid. And that was yeah, it. the ponytail. The ponytail made the big that we saw in the preview. That was her whole uh, appearance." Um, but yeah, these are the last four. So John, Silva, Casey, and Emily were fourth through seventh place. Um, although I kind of wish it was like it was Jamie or somebody because he had done so well in Last Chance. It feels like mm-hmm. we've seen him more recently. But mm-hmm. also, let me uh, just say, Casey's hair is like looking so good. Yeah, there's, <laughs> like, especially she came there's... out, and I was like, "Wait, who is that?" And then I was like, "Oh." <laughs> Somehow, like, there was, I think maybe just, like, there was more humidity or something. Like, it just had a lot of body, and it just looked great. Just really it does look great. great. And then also, and then uh, Katsuji was in a, a three-piece suit with a bow tie, and Sheldon had great red sneakers. It was a good, I liked it clothing-wise. That was a good time. Yeah, where it was where everybody was on and popping. So, and they've all yeah. had, they've also had a chance to rest and like get back to their lives. So well, I'm exactly. sure yeah, like, they that helps less, everyone immensely. Less drunk and underslept, so that always helps. Um, yeah. But they're back to do. Uh, to, it's a good thing they're popping because today's food challenge is margs and food pairings. So they have to make an original margarita and a dish that has the margarita elements, not the not literal elements, but the bitter sour drunk uh <laughs> salt rim like whatever what, what were they yeah something like that it's close to that anyway, have some, those i thought it was like sweet bitter, bitter sour and sweet yeah Word so you have a food with those three things i think there was a fourth. maybe salty anyway you had to Savory? do those things Savory? Uh, yeah i don't know unclear um, unclear which is not to say that i don't appreciate a great margarita because lord knows i do well, but. so yeah, you just need to be able to describe the four parts of it and how you want it to be in uh, in your food pairing. Well, and then of course it's very important that they paired well together. So they you had to, that was which Robot we know, Padma made that Robot very Padma clear. from the future made it clear to us that that was going to be an important <laughs> judging thing. That was the last time we saw Padma sober this episode. <laughs> <laughs> right, what was that too? <laughs> yeah, she did even say like I wanted another one of your cocktails, but then I didn't because I didn't want to get too drunk. <laughs> no, I, just, I was so pleased with her vibe this whole time. It oh was yeah, just a delight. Yeah, um, she is whatever the opposite of ri- whatever Richard is made out of. Yeah. Okay, we'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, we will. For, so I guess it's uh, at this point. If you've listened to the show a lot, you know that we talk about Robot Padma from time to time, which is where. Um, I think they call it ADR in the business, but it's where they have a separate recording of Padma saying an additional rule and they like make it seem like she said that all when she was explaining the rules to the chefs. And what yeah, that so means they, like, shoot the chefs like from over her shoulder. So it's as though she could still plausibly be speaking to them. But exactly. also she sounds like she's in a completely different room on another day being like, yeah. oh, by the way, also, please be sure to hidden yes, valley, exactly. hidden valley, hidden valley. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's frequently for sponsor stuff, but the other thing they do is when somebody got eliminated for something that they don't think was clearly explained. So in this case, the they she did not say enough about how the pairing mattered um, in the original setup. So the robot Padma was like, so she was like, explain the rules. She's like, you have to make a margarita. You have to make food with these things. And then from the future, she's like, and you will go home if they don't taste perfect together. Yeah. Uh, and that's how you knew that that was going to be an important judging thing. And presumably I mean, the... 
the contestants did get that information. Yes. It just yes. wasn't in the shot. Exactly. That they yeah, they're given. What we know from other episodes is they're given like after Padma explains it, a producer comes in and gives them another half hour of rules and regulations and no purchase necessary, not valid in Puerto Rico, like all the information. Yeah. Yeah. Don't bring this to a recycling center, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, and I also think in some ways, like, yes, this that is an explicit rule when like the person who's putting up the money for this challenge is the beverage person. Like you don't want or not person, the beverage company. You don't want that. You don't that, think it's a uh, Willie Patron who's putting up the money himself? <laughs> Our old friend, Tony Patron. <laughs> Never forget Patroni in the industry to his friends. <laughs> Tony Patroni. Tony oh, Patroni. Uh, oh. But no, I, I mean, it does. But it also, it feels like a common sense thing right like it feels like of course you would never pair a drink with a meal and have the the drink make the meal taste terrible or have the meal make the drink taste terrible like that would be yeah. a bad idea just mm-hmm. from a culinary perspective i'm not much of a of a tequila drinker i'm not, not much of a drinker at all but i guess so the idea what with john that ended up happening which is weird is that they loved his food they loved his cocktail but the cocktail was just a cup of tequila, and so they thought it made it so you couldn't taste the soup's goodness anymore. Uh, I thought it was. I mean, one of the ways that I remember it being referred to is that the the drink kind of dismantled the soup, yeah. which sounds more worse than just like, "Oh, I can't taste the soup as much anymore." It sounds like this does stuff to the flavor of the soup that is just bad. Like, yeah, which was was that was the read that I got from their their critique. Um, I get, certainly yeah, didn't that's really John positively. Spoiler alert, John did not make it to the end of this episode unscathed. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what... Yeah, it's hard to like hold back my joy, but I want to get through this in order. Um, <laughs> uh, so they're... Uh, oh, they also get to... They got to tour uh, Tony Petroni's home. They got to go through and watch the people with axes uh, dismantling uh, agave, which was really fun. Yeah, yeah those cool. plants are dope looking. Mm-hmm. Man, um, and... and so, so as I mentioned, Katsuji turned out, I think, to be the advantage in Sushep that we hadn't expected him to be when there was they were fighting because he made a prickly pear salsa that turned out to be really good and the only really good thing on John's dish or the most good thing. Also, though, when they were shopping, he spoke all the Spanish. He was so useful at the market. This is, yeah, that's something that, I, because I thought that it was, it was a little bit uh, conniving to have paired them and then... Yeah. Chris made the point that like, oh, yeah, well, you know, Katsuji speaks Spanish fluently. This is like his like turf in terms yeah, of cuisine. Turf for sure. So like, wouldn't you love to have somebody who's that like, you know, well versed on your team helping you kind of punch everything up and kind of make everything hang together? Totally. Man, Seems that like drama. Though. Idea. Well, that it's drama, hard though. when uh, yeah, it's hard when that that like secret super weapon is also somebody who really hates your guts. Yeah. yeah, that's tough. And, and not for the like reasons playful. you're thinking. It's not sabotage. It's just like you're not going to be as inclined to have a fruitful discussion when you can't have a fruitful discussion with that person ever. My favorite part of the Ako Taco drama that we were having was when uh, John said, look, man, no hard feelings. And Katsuji was like, yeah, of course, you don't have hard feelings. I'm the one who got sent home. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, like you, still you screwed get to me over here. and you won. You shouldn't have hard feelings. Which, you know, I just, I, this just occurred to me that that really, that is a completely reasonable observation mm-hmm. and also really pokes some holes in John's like, you know, 
I'm the bigger man. I've learned so much. I've, you know, matured story. It's like, yeah, it's actually really easy to be balanced and mature and forgiving when you're getting your way. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's not a time when it's like, ooh, gotta step up and be the bigger person because this thing yeah. I really want is still in the offing. Like, not hard. I'm not, I'm not yelling at people while I'm winning. I'm doing great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And, and you know, his, his redemption arc this season and... uh I just keep going back and forth on, but remembering how that shook out at Restaurant Wars um, reminds me that I I felt like he, he was just terrible on that episode, and he was hard to like, but also he did badly in the cooking, and even though I hated Katsuji more for the way Katsuji was talking about it, just... Neither of them came out of this season looking that good, I don't think. No, no. And John, yeah, no, John's been guilty of a lot of of saying some troubling stuff and just generally treating anyone who's working with him like they work for him, which yes, and and this case, like this was the one time when it was completely appropriate to have Katsuji act as a sous chef. And but every other time he did the same thing where he was just like, oh, isn't this neat? I have a personal assistant. Like, yes, that's he, not how it's yes. ever supposed to work. And he yeah, always so works that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 unfortunate and something that shouldn't be glazed over. Also, where we were at right now, Sheldon, Brooke, Shirley, John, it was so clear what needed to happen. We, like, <laughs> to make us super happy make us happy like I, I i'm sure i'm not the only one who spent this whole episode praying for john to to choke and um and it, the episode this is such a weird episode for me i have never like i couldn't be more happy about how it ended and yet i didn't didn't enjoy a moment of the episode until the end i was just stressed out the whole episode because yeah. they made it really seem like any one of them could go home. I mean, initially it was all Sheldon focused, but then it became like anyone could lose at any moment. But yeah. it never seemed like definitely jo- like we could never relax and enjoy this one. We're in tough country now. This is the thing that I always forget about the finale. It's like, oh, it's yeah. get- we're getting down to like only people I know and love. We're getting down to only people I know and love. <laughs> like, yeah. like that's well, the, yeah. the double-edged sword of it is like, I'm so excited for these people. And then it's also like, I don't want any of them to go. <laughs> Like, yeah, well, no, totally. Yeah, and that's the problem with like next week is it's like, you know, one of these people is going to win and that's going to be really happy, but two of them are going to lose. Two of my favorite people have to lose <laughs> Top Chef next week. Yeah, yeah. Although, that's going to be tough. I will say we we got another we got a replay of that Tom comment to Sheldon that he yeah. was going to take his place among like the best cooks the pantheon the of chefs, the greatest chefs yeah the greatest chefs in, in like american cooking or something crazy like it was just like a, an amazing accolade and in mm-hmm. some ways it, that for me felt like a moment where sheldon just quietly won and like mm-hmm. yeah and yeah and, and that so to me true. also yeah it just tells the story of like what actually winning top chef looks like which is having using this as a platform to showcase who you are, showcase your food, make these incredible connections that you really couldn't make in such a, such a short span of time anywhere else and then go on and shine. Like that's, that's what this is actually about. So that is, you know, it'll be cold comfort when I'm watching a bunch of my favorite people not win next week, but well, and it was cold comfort today because in this episode, because every minute of this episode seemed to be set up, like there was like 42 Sheldon red herrings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was weird for us because they had like made it look like Sheldon was going home in the preview, which is usually a good sign for you because that's almost always a red herring. Yes. And so like, and then they just kept adding other ones where it was like all signs point to Sheldon, which is actually maybe a good sign, but it's still so hard to watch. And the main one was uh, his just awful cocktail, apparently, 
which may have tasted good after all, but they were like, there was a preview of it being one of the worst cocktails they've ever had. Um, Richard referred to it as a fish tank. Um, uh, They made fun of him for using tweezers, and then his defense was he wanted this to be rustic. There's just so much going on wrong with that. Rustic is like drinking your drink out of something unorthodox. It's not necessarily drinking like a swamp. Yeah, (laughs) because yeah, that doesn't make any sense. (laughs) And I think, I mean, to me, this also just and I'm I guess they sort of mentioned this, but like mixology is its own craft. It's its own art form. It's sort of like Yeah. yeah, it's the same. In some ways, it's similar to like when people have to suddenly produce a flawless dessert. It's like well. You know, this is not pastry chef time. This is yeah. th- that's a separate discipline and that's a separate art form. Yeah, you usually hire someone to like partner with totally. you on this. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, you know who would have done really well is Amanda, right? Because she hadn't been cooking for a while and, and oh, right, she left- she'd been a mixologist. Oh yeah, she'd, she'd been getting into yeah. bartending. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah a good she would have been. She she got eliminated too early in the process to be eligible for the the bring back. Unfortunately, right. yeah. I do like a good um, I do like a good well rounded chef who knows a lot of those. Like I like when a chef can do a good dessert and is like this isn't my forte, but I know how to do this one good one. But I, I hadn't even thought about how hard this is as a mixology challenge because they have other challenges that are like pair this with this wine. And that's tricky enough, and you don't have to make the wine. Mm-hmm. But you just also, choose the wine taste. You don't. I was you're not about like, to say you have a fl- you have a set flavor to work with. That's exactly. in some ways that's yeah. easier. It's yeah. gonna be way easier if you had to make the wine. Then you're like, <laughs> make a good wine, pair it with the perfect food. That would be way harder. Be, yeah, that'll be American so levels OTV, where you watch them make wine for like six years, and then, yeah, right. <laughs> and then finally they cook a meal to complement that wine. And your six years begins now. <laughs> they go buy some fertilizer. Yeah. Oh man, we got to move to a hot climate and get started. Uh, I man, I was still I was so stressed though this whole time. Uh, with the one exception of the rope tricks, my favorite part of this episode because I was like having not as much fun as I wanted to be, and then they would cut to either the mariachi band or somebody doing rodeo rope tricks. Uh, at this party and man those were fun every time i yeah i the rope tricks were really fun i i had a problem with how much rosin was on the violinist's like <laughs> instruments and why it was like this happens with like people who are not classical musicians i don't know what if somebody knows the answer to this by the way please just school me because it drives me effing crazy like it's all it takes is like a cloth and like 10 seconds and you can just clean the rosin off every time you play you literally do not need to leave it there it will start to adhere to your instrument and then it's just gonna be there looking gross forever why would you do that and also why are you playing so high up on the fingerboard i don't understand anyway (laughs) it's a whole thing that doesn't make any sense to me and if somebody knows why hit me up because it just it always raises my blood pressure i'm just gonna speculate but i wonder if it's sort of similar to the way like sometimes a rock guitarist puts on new strings and doesn't trim the ends because the frayed crazy spinny looking ends of the string make it look like you just changed your strings recently and it's got sort of a punk rock vibe to it i can see where that vibe could be cool but like it just doesn't but this to me it doesn't add any particular function also if you leave it on the strings like your strings get kind of junked up faster so like you're just going through more strings like it just doesn't I, it doesn't compute as like it doesn't to me it doesn't look cool and like when you learn to play like one of the first things you learn is like how to take care of your instrument and that's so that's like <laughs> lesson three 
So why yeah. you're suddenly like, woo, look at me disregarding that. Like, why? <laughs> why? I don't know either. Uh, so let's get down to the the, uh, the judging. So on the top this week was Brooke. And on the bottom, Sheldon, John, <laughs> and Shirley. But it, I also, I, I felt like the judges made it pretty clear that this was a close race. Like yeah, they didn't, and that everyone like, was pretty good. It super hard like that wasn't something that happened right yeah it's definitely it was it's just when it's down to four it's always kind of weird because they were like we love sh- everything about you Shirley and everybody else is like good but has some problems and mm-hmm. so Shirley won a 7500 no, sorry Brooke Brooke won Brooke won a $7,500 bottle of uh mixed tequilas it's like it was weird they were like we put uh, it's a mixture of our most expensive tequilas which sounds, sounds like great. it wouldn't <laughs> would it i don't know it feels like i don't know maybe I mean, like I think, just the good ones why do you I why do i want like a mix? mix they called it a blend which a means blend. that it was, there was some art involved and it wasn't yeah. just like ah, we had some dregs so you know but in, it's like a house coffee but in coffee but really and in wine one. both both of those a blend is less respected than a single origin hmm. well and, but and, and the, but i think tequila is its own its own thing and and also it's some of their like their most prized like aged tequilas yeah, so, yeah. And I mean, I don't think you sell that for seven thousand five hundred dollars because you think it's funny, or no, maybe no, you no, do. No. I don't know. Yeah. Well, they had it to Brooke. Has it was like crazy sense of humor. So, so, so Tony Petroni is like, "Here's your bottle of uh, of 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 tequila," and then she's like, crystal "Oh, bottle. oh, cool." And then he's like, "Yeah, this is a crystal bottle, and it's worth seventy five hundred dollars." And she looks visibly shaken by that new information. <laughs> I love she it. was not it, expecting that. But then it's after that that she just uncorks it and has some, right? Well, yeah. yeah. That was Which what it, I love. Wouldn't that be sealed? Wouldn't it? I didn't see her like crack it open. It seemed like it was already ready for her to drink out of. But yeah, she just took a little hit of it. I loved it. I loved oh, it. it so I also, fun. yeah, I loved all of Brooke's interactions with tequila, like starting at the like Patron mansion, like just everything was just so much fun. It was great. Oh, yeah. So, so of the, so here's where we get into this trouble. Like the classic Top Chef uh, judges table is, um, what's the bigger sin? And it's like, so often it's like, what's the bigger sin? Playing it too safe or overcooking your meat? Or like, which is the bigger sin? Not balanced, but still tasty elements or undersalted. And it's, but this one, it felt like it was really hard to tell the bigger sin because it was like, pretty good tiny bit off but it wasn't like super clear with what like sheldon's was like kind of a cruddy cocktail for sure yeah. and um his food was good maybe a little sweet but it was like is it, is it so the the cocktail was too sweet and the food is too sweet and that's a problem but maybe that makes them really good pair so they're like look at him he mimicked them both mm. and then yeah, I don't know. It was just like it was really hard to tell what they were, how they were feeling about all of it. So it was really hard to tell who was going to go home. Um, with the one exception that John ended up making the classic bullshit argument that the diners really liked the food. And anytime somebody's at judges' table and they're like, "But you know, it was like just really important to me that we like show those firefighters a good night, you know, because they work so hard and they all seem to really like my popcorn." And then you're like. Yeah, but it's Top Chef. You made popcorn. You still don't get to win, even though the firefighters had a good time. You know? Yeah, it's so like nice was- to point out that you did a good thing for people that like have argued like deserve a lovely evening. But like, that's not the that's not the yeah, final thing to think thing. about here. Yeah, yeah, and so John was like, "Look, the people who made this tequila thought I really honored their tequila by 
making a by boring... adding almost nothing to it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and yeah, I don't. I mean, that was that was such a weird thing. Um, also, it does feel like like imp- I, I get they didn't even say this as much as they could have, but he made a classic margarita, he tequila with a little bit of lime, and that was it. And they I said guess... specifically, make an original margarita. Yeah, well, an original and classic are two different things. Very different, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so, and, you know, and adding something to the rim does not necessarily mean that you made a new cocktail. And the rim was... Varnish an existing cocktail differently. Exactly. And the rim was made by Katsuji, too. So the thing they liked was the the prickly pear salsa that Katsuji made. And then the only thing original about the drink was Katsuji's rim. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't quite, it didn't quite work as a as a lifesaver here. Yeah. And then it also didn't pair with the food, which I think was, was ultimately the bigger sin. Right. That must be what they were so mad about to send home because that's what robot Padma said, but um, (laughs) robot Padma into the future. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Tom was really upset about that too. And so like, cause I was trying to like, I was like, Oh my gosh, I don't want Sheldon to go home and I don't want Shirley to go home. And I was like trying to like, uh, parse through all the clues I was getting. Yeah. And as soon as, you know, because we'd heard Robot Padma earlier, and as soon as Tom was like, oh, these did not pair well at all with John's, I was like, oh, that's a good sign. It is. <laughs> and Tom almost seemed angry mm-hmm. at Judge's Table with John, and that is usually a strong sign. When when Tom is not just like, yeah, this was not very good, he's like frustrated at you for making that decision. When Tom has that, like, when Tom really feels it in his heart that you messed up, yeah. you're probably going to go home because Tom wins those fights. Yeah. Yeah. Tom, <laughs> Tom is the heavy hitter in that, yeah. in those situations. Um, I think this is probably an appropriate time to talk about Dr. Haircut. Can we, can we get into Blaze a little bit here? <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about Blaze. So, uh, he comes out swinging with Brooke. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Please. eventual winner. That was so garbagey and just so frustrating and i yes. hate i like hated when he began talking and then he immediately was like let me just braid in my own dumb experience we've all heard about five thousand times and i was like <laughs> oh no i hate it even more oh it was so frustrating because i really did used to like him i think we I all just... this is the thing this is the tyra banks like we were all rooting for you like <laughs> again and again when we like we were on your side bruh like we didn't have a problem with you and then by virtue of us liking you you somehow have become despicable like why is yeah, this happening it's it's our fault we we How liked him we too much our love would make him evil <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah we did it we blew it you guys it's so when he was losing he was so charming I just don't remember know. when he made tofu with bacon fat. Man, I used to and banana scallops. Oh, oh good old Blaze. Oh. Mm-hmm. I mean, and remember I'm... when he he wrote that blog for the for the Top Chef website about how he was so bummed when he lost, but then he his son was born and he was like, the first meal I cooked for him turned out to be way more important than the last meal I cooked on Top Chef. Oh. I was like, oh, human feelings. And then he came <laughs> back and was like, I'm gonna win and I'm a dick bag. <laughs> Now that I've cooked that meal for my son, nothing can hurt me. It's a weird, it has to be a weird alchemy of like, just what happens when you are surrounded by people who are constantly reiterating how important you are. And, and also just, I don't know, like just trying to. For what it's worth, I would risk becoming a bad person to just be around people who tell me I'm great all the time. 
I'd love to try that. Oh, I, I think that's a, the probably the most damaging echo chamber available to people. It's just yeah, is such a probably yeah. Just unquestionably. But this other awful. echo chamber. Alex, it's a monkey's paw. But this other <laughs> echo chamber of just people telling me how terrible I am also doesn't feel great. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I would say both extremes are are poor. Like it's not a good. It's not a great plan. But I just, I, I, I feel. I'm kidding. I Megan is very supportive. <laughs> I feel bad for Blaze. Like I feel bad that I that I find him so frustrating and so annoying. Like I, I want to like him, and I don't. And every time he shows up on my screen, I'm like. Maybe this time things will be different, and I'm like, ah! <laughs> I know. And then, he, so he's got, he's got a beard now. He's got that shirt that's a little too small for his muscles, so that he can show us that he's been lifting. Yeah, he's kind of barrel shaped, and I'm not saying he's not in shape, but he's got sort of, he's got some interesting like body shaped. proportions. Yeah, <laughs> he's got some body shapes. Yeah, and, come on, and please. And I will say that I think the beard actually feels like it balances things out in sort of a good way. But then the haircut mm-hmm. is Which he's very always been. long on top. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's like somehow it's like longer still <laughs> in a way that I like cannot co-sign. I, I think I've hated him almost every time he's judged. Not ever, maybe one or two times he said something good. But like, I think he's much worse as a judge than a chef even. Because he does tell that story over and over again, which I can't stand. Mm-hmm. And I about like what he learned on the show and also he does yeah he like goes on weird attack lines with with chefs like he did with brooke was like do you think making soup on the fi- the semifinals is good enough to get you here and then the answer is like yeah totally so why did you attack her for her perfect soup yeah when when you could be like hey john you just made a really boring dish you're gonna go home in a second like why would you unleash that torrent on the person and then immediately have it followed by padma going it was so good we loved it yeah, yeah. and didn't weird. he try to sneak in something about like I knew it was super great. I just wanted to like Josh a little bit. <laughs> like, did he not just like try to like kind of? Ba- it was it was almost like not backpedaling, but just like being like I'm just a jokester. Yeah, right. Man. Yeah, I didn't find it. Ugh. Oh no, it was completely. It just was really distasteful and unfortunate. And I think the times that I found him to be like reasonable on the show are when he talks very little and what he does say is like agreeing with somebody else's point or like adding a little detail to something somebody is saying. Like those are the times where I'm like, "Oh, he seems fine." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I mean, he's not on the show very much, which is an interesting thing where they announce like a new judge this season, a new regular judge, and it's like Blaze was on it three times. I think Graham was on it like three or four times and he was like the big new judge this year. So they keep adding people, but it's a tight rotation because we don't get that much of any of them. Gail's only here a couple times and she's earned her chair. So that's the one relief, I guess, with Blaze is that we just didn't see too much Blaze. I'm I'm genuinely curious, like how how the dynamic shakes out, because some of that, I mean, honestly, it could just be scheduling. But I do wonder if like his sort of strange asides and like lengthy, like I was in your place once, like, (laughs) yeah, up more time than it's worth and it's yeah it could be really not that interesting i'm assuming scheduling is also why uh we're not getting any more emerald because i miss emerald oh listen we all miss emerald we (laughs) we we do and i like i i so enjoyed like padma cooking for everybody but there's just something about the visual like emerald in an apron when you come through the door that condo thing that they're renting for the (laughs) moment like oh you're like oh this this smells so good but also who gave you a key emerald everybody pull up a Pull up a stool to that pony wall and just put your chin on your knuckles and <laughs> gaze into Emerald's shining face. Emerald. 
We uh, haven't seen God. him roll at all this season. No, have he we? hasn't been around. Um, so we got a couple. We're gonna move on. We got a few things to do before we go. But first, let's just let's just all breathe a sigh of relief that it was John. Oh yeah, man! Time to go. Oh, we were so happy, and yeah. so we were like shocked happy. We did not believe it could happen. Mm-hmm. Our hopes were all the way down. Well, you guys all know you you know Megan's philosophy that pessimism is never wrong. So we were expectations really low and yeah uh, no oh, i'm, so I'm all for that philosophy and i think and honestly i think that philosophy is the only smart way to go in a post nicholas top chef universe like you can yeah, absolutely you can never <laughs> yeah. you can never be elmied again so <laughs> <laughs> elmy once shame on me <laughs> um there and i mean it's not like and and it's not like he's the only disappointment this show opened with harold winning so it's just the show's Hosea. There's a lot. There's a lot of low points on this show, and and then, and then not only Nicholas Elmy, Jeremy Ford. Shall we not forget? Oh yeah. Last just last year, remember when Jeremy won? Oh yeah. Oh, whoops. Yeah, remember, <laughs> yeah, remember when Nicholas was the worst thing that happened to us? Oh, whoops. And. Sorry uh, about you. Oh man! So yeah, I so guess, pessimism yeah. is usually not wrong, but instead we have dream finale, and uh, we got this a bunch of people in the mailbag. Uh, Mystery white girl, Joan, uh, Katie, all said dream finale. So excited, um, Danielle. So many people were just just weighing in to be like so excited about dream finale, which got me thinking that so we've had a couple of really bad outcomes, but we ha- this is not our first dream finale either because uh, two seasons ago was May over Gregory and Doug, also in Mexico, if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah. And, I, and that, yeah, was that was pure that delight. was wonderful, yeah. And in season 10, uh, which was Brooke's season, was Kristen, who beat Brooke and Sheldon. And so, I even just similar. having them flash back to that and seeing how long they hugged each other after the, the win was announced. Oh, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. It just was so... I just... This is the obviously, of course, this is the stuff on Top Chef that I just love is like seeing that they're all friends, seeing that they all like yeah. have each other's back a thousand percent. Like and yeah. just like how how much joy this whole thing brings them is like what I watch for. Like, that's what totally. I love. I mean, the only thing bad about flashing back to the season 10 finale was remembering that they decided to do that on live on stage Iron Chef nonsense uh, that was so yeah, the stupid. flashing lights were crazy i was like wow that looks so tacky yeah <laughs> why did you guys <laughs> do that do you remember that happen huh okay I hope someone got fired for that yeah that um, such a strange situation there was also kind of a dream finale i think back in season six which was uh big vault little vault and kevin with his huge beard so i've expressed yeah, my good. feelings about the vaults before we don't have to get into that again oh you just quick reminder you don't care for them they just strike me as very oh. cold yeah, like they well, sure, they're like really good at definitely. what they do, but like very cold and like kind of dickish, and like you know, there's just so much like like adulation for them because they're so like amazing. But there's no like I don't know. There's just something a yeah, little bit. It's unkind. clear that Mom and Papa Volt never taught them to love, but they're such yeah. good chefs. Yeah, I, I guess. That... Oh, and ahead, especially they were with Kevin, who is just like a ball of love. Yeah. Uh, I did think that when Michael Volt came back as a guest judge for one of the for the taste test quick fire this yeah. season, he was he was charming. So much so warmer. Right. So much warmer. Yeah. I thought that was that was actually nice to see because my memories of him are just like honestly my memories of him are Chris and I fighting about him liking him a lot and me being like, No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like this guy is so annoying. I did like Big Volt on Masters too. Mm. When he was he was runner up on yeah, season five of Masters. That's right. Yeah. I like yeah. him there. Yeah, yeah, I didn't I don't remember minding him as much, but I think there were just people I was I was more in love with on Masters too. That's the thing mm-hmm. is like I'm ugh, oh, yeah. I'm such a stupid court of personality. Like all I care about is if people seem nice and if they're like funny or like interesting. Uh, I don't think that's bad at all. I think it's it's just weird to watch reality shows because what you want and what the producers want is inherently different. Mm. But I guess this is why Top Chef sometimes, not always, obviously not in the dark days of Elmi, but like most of the time, Top Chef is my safe place for that kind of stuff because those people tend to be more well-rounded. They tend to be able to run a kitchen better. They tend to have the ability to, you know, translate themselves into their food in these like beautiful, empathetic ways. And that helps them win the competition. So those people tend to like come out closer to the top if not on top and so like the people that i love tend to go far which is why this show feels like such a joy to watch sometimes and why these days i can't watch a whole episode without crying (laughs) (laughs) what was your what was your uh trigger this time your cry thing i just i think i just am so proud of brooke (laughs) oh yeah Yeah. i just like feel so like excited for like what she's been able to do do with all of these experiences and like how she's sort of telling the story of them to herself like it's just great yeah, yeah she's super great and especially because she left for that one episode like for that one thing one day she got to feel like she's an underdog now which is exciting yeah and and especially because she lost to a good friend who came back out of last chance kitchen there's some there's, it's, her winning would just be so beautiful mm-hmm. of a story um and but truthfully, like with especially with Sheldon cooking, you know, that food that he loved that he grew up with and Tom telling him he's got to take his place in the Pantheon like that was amazing. Yeah. And I've always loved Shirley. Shirley and that oh, air conditioner just so much. Make yeah. me so happy. Yeah. I so, just and yeah, her and Shirley's energy is just so infectious and like you just yeah. you really do feel like she could just do anything. Like she yeah, just has first, so much. Oh, her first episode back, she served a bowl of hug. Remember? Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, and just and yeah, her describing her style like when running a kitchen as being like very maternal. I just was like, mm-hmm. oh, yes, of course it is. Yeah, <laughs> it's so great. So um, I remember. So I said, I think like pretty early on in the show i said that my dream finale was brooke and shirley and jim with sheldon coming in fourth so it's not quite right but i'll take it and the truth is losing the one returning or losing the one uh rookie chef just makes this feel like it was a perfect half season of all stars right (laughs) and that's we don't have to worry about the other people who were here and gone it's just this is exactly the all stars we wanted but i'm so glad to have to have met senna no i'm sorry Silva. Silva. <laughs> Just yeah. making people's names up. Um, yeah, no, Silva was such a delightful person to have as like part of the mix. I felt like mm-hmm. he and, and mm-hmm. really he and Jim, I'm glad that we that we got to experience totally. both of their styles. Yeah, it was a perfect season of All Stars and we got to meet Jim and Silva. And Sylvia. I really liked her too. I think oh, yeah. yeah. Sylvia would totally cut a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> With her chin. Yeah. With her chin. With her posture just slicing right through you. Um, so uh, let's do a real quick mailbag. Cut it real short for you, Tanya. Oh, that's so nice. I was like in the process of pulling off my headphones. 
so uh, on the mailbag today, first up, uh, so thanks to everybody who, who wrote and agreed about it being a uh, dream finale. And in fact, Danielle on Facebook said it was uh, m- mentioned as dream finale. And I, I also like was going back and looking through some old comments. And Danielle had said back in early January, dream three, Brooke, Shirley, Sheldon or Silva. So hey. definitely like we're hitting all the hitting all the buttons for everybody. Um, Lots of high notes uh let's see um marianne says uh on twitter says uh wasn't casey carla's sous chef when she competed in the final or finale and contributed to a cheese course that failed miserably (gasps) oh was she the sue yeah i i should look this up i don't i don't remember i think if i remember correctly the tragic thing about carla's uh in the finale was that she seemed to like um she seemed to defer to her sue too much. Yeah, um, and I felt like didn't she serve some sort of stew that was like overcomplicated? Like she just kept adding to it. So she this could served, be entirely fabricated, but I just have this memory of that being a problem. So finale of season five, uh, Carla served a shiso soup with blue crab and uh, chayote Thai salsa, then seared snapper over saffron aioli. Um, with braised fennel and grilled clam, and then sous vide New York strip steak with seared potato, rod, and merlot sauce, and then apple tart coin with blue cheese and walnut crumble. Mm. Oh, um, there was oh, I think it was was it the sous vide steak that really didn't turn out well too. I don't I don't remember. Carla did work with Casey. Um, I'm sorry, I'm just looking this up very slowly. She did, and it was uh not first choice. It's because they drew they drew knives, good old knife block, and uh. She got third choice, so, she, so Carla ended up with Casey. But I don't remember if that was the. Uh, um, uh, I don't remember if that was how it ended up with the the cheese plate. It could have been that dessert was bad. I don't. I don't remember. Sorry, what were you saying, Megan? What was I saying? You were saying about. Uh, oh, I remember. Yeah, I think there was like a she had never sous vide steak before or something. Or oh. anyway, yeah, it was just sort of a that was a. Um. I, yeah, I remember. I'm impressed with you guys really... remember any any bits of this because that's a long time ago, right? Um, I, but I remember her wrong challenge because I have this visual of like Carla like in a barn being like upset about something. <laughs> that <laughs> might be just that you. Wasn't yeah, I don't know if there was a barn involved. <laughs> I don't think there was. A, I think it. I re- I remember the. I don't think it was a barn setting for that. The must have been an earlier. <laughs> yeah, it must have been an earlier part. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, but I do remember that if yeah Casey was her Sue and that she, um, and that Carla was took a lot of advice from her oh, and then it didn't pan out. So this wasn't sous chefs from earlier in the season. This was the time when chefs got to pick runners up of previous seasons. Uh, so Casey had been on season three, so she sued Blaze. Who, this was the season after Blaze lost, so Blaze came oh. back and sued, and Marcel from season two runner up came back and sued. Oh, that's right. Um, so uh, Hosea, who ended up winning, had Blaze uh. as, his, as his assistant, <laughs> which is yeah, a lot of feelings. Wow. I forgot. I always forget about Hosea, and then I remember Hosea, and I get so <laughs> angry all over again. <laughs> yeah, it sure does that. Uh, so Jane says on Facebook, the confessionals in this episode made it seem like everyone was going home. Also, why is Blaze still on my screen? Is he trying? Is he trying the uh, Nicholas Elmy neck thickening path to viewers' hearts? <laughs> Jane, you just made a new best friend in Tanya. <laughs> oh, man. 
man. Uh, oh, that really Jane also works. pointed out that that path had not been su- super successful. So no, neck no. thickening is not how you get neck into people's hearts. Neck thickening is not. Yeah, that that only closes my arteries to you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, is he shilling for like a new car or a like credit card or some sort of like? I just I don't know I don't know, I don't know what Blaze's new project is. Yeah, <laughs> could he get some more fabric for his shirt? Is that what he's hoping for? Uh, similar thoughts. Danielle also says on Facebook, "I wish Blaze would just stop. He's so extra. I haven't liked him since he claimed people remember his season for the one he choked or whatever he said instead of Stephanie winning, who was evenly matched with him and won fair and square." Uh, oh yeah. I that was a rude thing to say. It's super rude thing to him say. Saying that, but that's super rude. I mean, in some fairness, I guess I do remember it as the season Blaze choked, and I love mm-hmm. Stephanie Izard. She's like one of my favorite winners. But at the time, it did feel to me like it was Blaze's season to win. To or yeah. to lose. his his to lose, I guess. I, if it's yours to lose, is it also yours to win? I don't know. Uh. Anyway, uh, I think it was his. And I I remember him choking that season, but him referring to that as choking instead of being like Stephanie outcooked me that day. She's a great cook, you know. She's a great chef. Is so yeah. shitty. And also and, just given the yeah, I just I just feel like there's never it's never classy to, to yeah. put it that way ever. Totally so unclassy. And, and part of the reason why we loved blaze so much on that first season is not just that he was he did really amazing like basically the whole season um but also he just seemed like such a nice guy and yeah yeah and then to have him characterize the whole season like that is just like wait what yeah yeah we were misled such a nice guy we were misled um uh jay number one says uh on facebook now that charleston the charleston portion of the show is done What's the panel's impression? So how did you guys feel about Charleston as a as a place? Jay said he learned, uh, I'd say I learned that weather can suck. The ladies there wear hats. It adapts well with Hawaiian cuisine. And there's an uncomfortable plantation history. Yeah. Good of you to learn that, I guess. America. <laughs> <laughs> the ladies wear hats and I I ooh, never history. did figure out why the ladies wore hats, though. Like, I, I wish there had been... <laughs> Just, we need oh we need that Great British Bake Off segment where we cut to a field and then she's like you might be wondering why women wear hats sometimes in America yeah and then they would tell the history the entirety of the Great American Baking Show you do? I couldn't help myself yeah I recently made it all the way through all of it we're, oh well we're we're not quite done we're, oh we're well I won't tell up. you anything but, but man I I started out hating it and now I just like I I guess I love it also. <laughs> Yeah, so, no, that's so that's mixed. oh, that's totally been my experience. Like, I was super skeptical starting out, and then, but very quickly, I was like, I love this so much, and I love yes. that Mary Berry gets to learn new words. Okay, oh my gosh. best thing I in got the world is Mary Berry learning new words. Situation. Oh, yeah. it's just so good. It was You're calling it a snickerdoodle? Did you come up with that name? Yeah, yeah, so cute. Yeah. And then I loved the it. maple sugar situation. Yeah, yes. yeah. Oh, <laughs> most awkward amazing moment of what all is, time ever captured on camera sugar yeah the, just that silence where they're both like staring at each other and like <laughs> the bigger can't figure out why she's so freaked out and she like is afraid to ask <laughs> it's like the most incredible pause I, and then just very politely could you please explain to me <laughs> <laughs> what meatball sugar is oh that was a delight oh. 
So, yeah, so I just, the, just, my problem is that the best part of the show is the place where it seems like the British Bake Off, and the worst mm-hmm. part are the things that are not like the American one. So uh, I'm not crazy about Johnny, and the two charming married hosts are not nearly as charming as the British hosts. It took me until the finale to understand that they were married to each other. I yeah, did yeah, not, said it it did not yeah, know yeah. until they yeah. like literally had to say out loud, like, we've been married for like blah years. And I was like, no, you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> how? How? You, you would have told me by now. You would have told me if you were married during this show, I would have known. <laughs> so I, I know but it does to me it just speaks to the strength of the format because it does the same, like the, the dynamic between the bakers again with my schmoopy like nope, feelings no. parade, don't feel schmoopy because that, that all- that's why we all like talking about this stuff is because we all feel this that same way it's we just, are the anti-drama on this show yeah i just love that they all like they all love each other and they're so supportive and like nice although what was that plague that got like so many people out just by virtue of like weird things happening in their lives yeah like, so I every week sp- it was like a, it was like a zombie attack i've read some speculation about that and part of it is that in the british bake-off it takes like 12 weeks to shoot the show but it's just weekends so it just takes over your life but the american one you had to go to the uk for like six weeks so it wasn't quite as long but you were there the whole time and so people like one went back for a family member but it was like it was like a lot more to commit to Mm -hmm. it seemed like no that's that seems totally totally fair but yeah i've i've been totally loving it i would say i'm I'm chuffed but i'm not entirely chuffed and I'm certainly not gutted. Partially chuffed. I'm partially chuffed, but I'm not at all gutted. <laughs> all right. I, I, and I also wish Paul Hollywood was there because he said so many times that he hates American desserts. Yeah, I would hate it. It would be fun. It. No, I, I just like I just like melon soup so much. Oh. Sorry, what? Oh, sorry. I was just saying. I think that would be fun for like a drop in, but I think it could get old so quickly to have. Oh, like, totally, totally, definitely. Yeah, I didn't like Johnny when he was on Just Desserts, though. Either I no, like, no, I also did not enjoy him. I don't know. I I mean, I think he's just like I like him as much as Paul Hollywood. I yeah, think. well, I didn't like Paul Hollywood early on either, so he grew on me. So maybe Johnny will too. Yeah, Johnny grew on me a little. It's just Mel and Sue. I just miss Mel and Sue, oh. and the married couple is like okay, but they try so hard on their skits. And what I like about Mel and Sue is that they just seem like they're hanging out and having fun and these yeah. two are like we have to buy props and do skits yeah they don't That's have true. the same ease but also i think it's worth noting that mel and sue had a lot more seasons to sort of perfect their totally, their totally. brand and their totally their deal yeah. so no um so to uh, uh get back to jay's question what else we learned about charleston, <laughs> How we feel about charleston? <laughs> i mean i feel like we mostly answered it jay so i feel like you could probably oh, be okay no. i well this is the thing is like i it's so I, I think honestly shoehorning the location into the challenges feels like a big old problem every season. And it's mm-hmm. always, it's either too ham fisted or it's non-existent. And like, you know, even when they've done seasons in places that I've lived, like I've still felt like, Oh, is that Seattle? Like yeah, right? Seattle was a big weird one. Yeah. Super weird. And so it's just, it's super tricky it's super tricky i mean i feel like new orleans is the one and only time they've just nailed it mm-hmm. and new orleans yeah. is a very special place so not everyone never not every place has such an obvious food culture and such a built-in culture of of, of like either a place like is new york or la are just too diverse of a food culture or seattle is like maybe still finding itself as a food culture that's so um, fun. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and to be fair, this was Seattle of a few years ago. So like the food landscape has changed even since then. Totally. Um, 
but yeah, it's just, it's hard when you're trying to represent, because in some ways I think they try to represent the whole region, which also yeah. can be really difficult. They did. Just the yeah. And oh. the Seattle one, they just like left in the middle and went to Alaska, yeah. which was also not fair to Seattle. Yeah, it, felt, it felt like they made Seattle just like the uh, the ferry stop. And that was their whole purpose of being there was yeah. they wanted to get on a boat to Alaska and it was close. It is weird to conflate like Washington State with Alaska. Yeah, <laughs> that is just not, a strange move. Not like, actually close. Yeah. No, like would have made more sense to go to Oregon in some in many ways, yeah. actually. Um, yeah, totally. Uh, so yeah, I feel like it was kind of a, it was kind of an okay, kind of a meh. I don't feel like I know a ton about Charleston, um, from it. And yeah. So yeah, yeah, I mean, in defense, I will say like, I feel like I understand more about like the kinds of like seafood that come out of Charleston. And I feel like I understand like some of the, some of the food history. I think that we got, we got to look into some of that stuff. Um, and you know, and I think that they, they, they tried relatively hard to be respectful and at least acknowledge a lot of the more difficult history that mm-hmm. Charleston has its fair share of. And, you know, it's just, it's tricky, man. And yeah, uh, you know, I think the fact that you try to broach it at all is, is a start. I'll say that. So the, to, to finish up here uh, next week, it's the finale. It's the last episode of the season. We're down to our dream three, but that means two of our dreamers have to go home um and uh so who do you guys pick who do you want who who do you pick to lose megan i can't i can't i'll read some i guess i'll read some maybe i'll read some more mailbag and then you guys can weigh in so uh (laughs) dave on facebook says shirley and sheldon to lose this is brooks redemption sorry this is not them being negative this is the way i phrased the question on facebook so that's on me um but uh this is brooks redemption to come back from last chance kitchen and after being anti-redeemed um so so hers it's her season eunice as much as i love sheldon and shirley this is probably brooks to lose at this point which logically means it's also hers to win (laughs) um that being said i'd be happy with any of the three and uh jorge on twitter says i hate to say i want shirley and sheldon to lose but i wouldn't be mad if either won so it feels like it's there's a lot of uh hedging of bets but that everybody would like uh, brooks seems to have a slight favorite Hmm. be a slight favorite among our our listeners i don't think that for me brooke is necessarily a slight favorite like i wouldn't i would not be at all upset if she um if she won and i'd be very happy if she won but um but i don't emotionally or skill wise i think that skill wise they're all evenly matched and i I think they could all have a great day where they cook the winning dish all of them could do it the only way this would be bad is if like two of them had really bad days and then it wouldn't really feel like a huge win for the other person. Yeah, that is yeah, so like if, true. Yeah, like if Sheldon like fell down and broke in half, like that oh, would be... Oh no, if Sheldon's back hurt. Oh. I know, that would be absolutely horrifying. Yeah. I, I, I do not want that at all. I want, I want them all to have like an incredible day in the kitchen and for it to be down to like... Really hard to decide. Such hard to... Because those are the those are also the episodes that make me cry because it's just so great when they all have like a beautiful time with their craft and it just yep. yields perfect food. Totally. Mm-hmm. That's definitely what I'm rooting for is a tough game, tough decision. Um, I think I would be happy with any one of them. I, I like in, in moments... So like at the end of last episode when, the, when Tom was saying that thing to Sheldon, I was like, I want Sheldon to win now because I want him to believe that about himself. And... 
uh, then I was thinking back to Shirley throughout the season and the time before and like Shirley, the way she ran the kitchen and man, I want Shirley to win because I want her to get the recognition for all of this, the stuff that she's able to do. And, well, and, and she, yeah, she says like, I believe in myself so much more and like, yeah. I feel like I wasn't into my own food in a way that I didn't do previously. And was I was surely like, the one who said that she used to be really good at imitating other chefs foods. Totally. Yeah, she, yeah, she said that in the, the last season. Chef. Yeah, Shadow yeah. Chef. At the end of last season was when she went from being a great Shadow Chef to knowing how to cook her own food. And oh, this season, really? we've had no hint of that. This season, it's just all knowing her own food. There's no part of her that seems to doubt the cuisine she wants to cook. Yeah. And so that's amazing to watch growth over the years like that. Really? So I want her to win to be like, you are your own person, Shirley. I think they could all learn such lovely lessons from being the the top chef. And at the same time, I think the fact that they've all like come this far, like already tells them so much of that good stuff that like, it's just in a a way it's going to be such a fun finale because I just, there's nobody that I wouldn't be just like chuffed to bits to have win, you know? Mm -hmm. Is that a lot of chuffed or a little chuffed? It's a lot. It's a lot. I could (laughs) I will be fully chuffed no matter what happens next week, I think, as long as everyone cooks well. That's so like not no matter what happens. Chef authority is going to come for all of us and be like, you can't say this anymore. We are sick of it. I would be gutted if Sheldon got hurt, but I'd be chuffed with almost any other outcome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited, you guys. Dream finale. Yay. We'll be back uh, to so talk dreamy. all about it. Uh, feel free to send us. I'd love to hear more uh, people's reasoning on who they're rooting for in dream finale. So facebook.com slash pack your mics or on Twitter at pack your mics. And you can send us email podcast at readdashweep.com. And of course, send us your feedback after the finale as soon as it happens. And we'll try to include as much mailbag as we can next week. And we'll also be talking next week, as we have before, on uh, seasons to come. So they have been re- Top Chef has been renewed for season 15. Yay! Get in there, everyone. So let's. one thing we'll talk about next week, which we did at the end of last year, which I thought was really fun, is uh, where do we go now? So what city do we want to see them do? Portland. <laughs> But just we might a, not be here. Wouldn't it be so weird if we left Portland and then they did Top Chef here? That would be rude. That would be rude. Would be but so um, rude. but uh, anyway, the um, I would still be pleased because you know. I mean, now that we were talking about that Seattle thing, actually, now I'm kind of embarrassed. Like, if they came to Portland, what if it was like not a clear enough food scene? Because like, I don't know if we could cap. It's not New Orleans. It's not. I think we just got all those James Beard nominations and stuff. Which James Beards this year? Yeah. But also, you know, BJ really let us down this season. That's true. Um, oh, yeah, I don't know. BJ I, entirely. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's good, probably, because the things to remember. But uh, so what's what what city we want to have them cook in? And like, w- like, what other slight format changes do we want to see? Because we know they've messed around in the past, you know, including this season. They, they mess around each year a little bit. Um, and also now that we've seen Knife Block graduate to Sword Block, what is the next thing? Ooh, that's How much a big really block? important question. <laughs> so anyway, all that, like send us feedback on all those things. Let us know what you, you think about all those things so we can incorporate them in our discussion next week. Thanks for being here, Tanya. Dashi. <laughs> and yeah, also Megan. Yay. Yay. I'm Alex. Uh, oh, also next week, uh, I don't want to promise, but I'm, I'm, I'm hoping we have the full panel. Hey. Next week should Fingers be crossed. all six of us and Caleb. It should be a good time. So, uh, all right. We'll talk to you guys all on the internet. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.